Psalm 3 says this, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. Lord, we would ask you to add your blessing to our study of your word here this evening. So guys, the psalm that we just looked at, it's actually very balanced. It's a neat thing. There, there's four thoughts in this psalm, two verses per thought. And so it's going to be, it's going to flow pretty smoothly. It's a psalm of David, probably, again, the, 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 the superscript says, from the time that David ran from his son and when Absalom was chasing him. This is a prayer. It's simple. It's intense. It's heartfelt. A lot of times when you study the Psalms, you're going to see that the Psalms have a two-part process to them. You'll see there's a desperate person, and you'll see that there's a need that that person has for help. And the person who needs help will then cry out. They've got real fear and real need. And then what you'll see is they will declare a trust in or a hope in God that he'll solve the problem. In a time of pain, they'll say, that they really do trust the Lord. So let's get started here looking at this together and we'll see a few things that will help us as well. Again, this won't be as long as a normal sermon, just so you know, but it'll be useful to us, I hope. So first thing we wanna do is confess our need to God. Look at verses one and two. It says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God, Selah. Now look at that verse one. It's interesting because David's outcry is not, it's not a complaint. He's crying out to God. And you know, some people complain to everybody they talk to. Some people complain to anybody who'll pass by. But David has a need and he's taking that need very directly to the Lord, to the one who can help. If you are a Hebrew poetry nerd, by the way, you can see a little bit of Hebrew parallelism. In verse 1, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. So the phrase, the, 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 the how many in the first line and the many in the second line is the same idea. And then we see that the word foes is said in the first line, and those who rise up against me are a parallel. And, and it's good to see that in poetry because sometimes that'll help you to see that something expands, the second line expands on the first line. David has foes. He has many foes. They're, they're many who, they're not just his enemies in general, but they're the kind of people who are, are rising up against him. They're, they're not passive enemies. They're attacking enemies. Then he says, many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Again, many of David's enemies, they're talking all kinds of evil things against David, right? They're, 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 they're speaking out against David's soul, against his life. They say there is no salvation for David in God. Now, one thing I want you to know when it says there's no salvation here, in the Old Testament, when you see salvation mentioned, it's most often, first and foremost, about physical salvation. 
but it lays the framework for our understanding of salvation spiritually, our salvation from sin, our salvation from hell. But David's talking here about, they're saying there's no way his life is going to be spared. David's enemies are saying of him, David's going to die, die, and God's not able to help him. And then the word selah gives you the chance to pause and to reflect. So we can do that. Think with me here. David cries out to God. David has enemies, things that are putting him in danger all around him, rising up against him. The enemies of David believe and so arrogantly say, God's not going to help David. There's no help for David in God. Well, what can you and I learn from this? What does David do? When enemies surround David, when enemies overwhelm the psalmist, he cries out to God. He tells God about his troubles. He doesn't hesitate to bring his needs to the Lord in prayer. You guys know the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. We should learn when we have trials, when we have struggles, don't panic first. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The psalmist models that for us. One other thing David does here, David centers his prayer here not just on his own comfort. His prayer is centered on the reputation of God. David says, they're saying, God, you can't help me. David is concerned that the evil not be allowed to think that God is incapable of helping. When we pray, Christians, we want to be more concerned about God's reputation than even about our own life situation. Let's learn to pray for the purpose of the glory of God. There's that hallowed be thy name we prayed earlier tonight. Let's learn to pray for the reputation, for the name of God to be spread abroad in glory. Let's learn to pray that God will do what shows God to be most great and most glorious. And don't be silly, Christians, in this sense. You don't know by your nature how God might use any circumstance, even the most painful, to bring him the most glory in the end. So first and foremost, be submitted to that. One other point here I'll give you is that David, David did mean salvation in, in a physical sense, no doubt about that. But when we read this language, we do think about spiritual salvation. There are a lot of people in the world that you might even think there is no salvation for them in God. Too far gone, they're too hardened against God, they're too lost. But Christians, if God could save me or you, he can save anybody. And we're going to learn in the verses to follow, there was salvation, there was physical salvation for David and God in this psalm, and there is always room at the cross for anybody who still has breath. No case is too hard, no heart is beyond the reach of God. There's always salvation in God. So like we see David do here, We want to confess our needs to God. And like David learned, we're going to learn that God is really able to meet our needs. In the next section, David's talking about trusting God to be able to meet his needs. Look at verses 3 and 4. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. Again, verse 3. You, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. 
Some of you probably have a 1980s praise song in your head right now, and you can sing it at home if you want to. The word but here at the beginning of this, it's a contrast word, obviously. The enemies are saying there's no salvation for David and God, but, but, but God is a shield for David. God protects David. And not just on one side, he's a shield all around David. He's a shield about him. God is also, he says, David's glory. You know, David was the king of Israel. People might have thought he was a pretty glorious guy. But God is the source of every good thing David has. David knows he can't protect himself. He knows he has nothing good that is not directly given to him from God. And David calls God the lifter of his head. You know, when you're discouraged, and I bet some of you have been that way this week, what do you do do with your head? Oftentimes you kind of hang your head, you slump, slouch. God lifts David's head. God is the one who gives David hope. God is the one who brings David out of despair. Then verse four says, I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. You see, because God is David's hope, because God is David's protector, because God is the source of David's goodness, because God lifts David's head, David cries out to God. And praise be to God, the Lord answers David from his holy hill, the temple mount, Mount Zion, right? David receives the answer from God. Now, notice that this verse, if you see it, in English we see it, it's in past tense. And commentators, if you study this, will tell you the verb tense is a little bit hard to interpret because David is so confident in what God is going to do for him that David speaks these lines as though the salvation is already accomplished. It's past tense. David is right in the middle of the fray, but he speaks of God's faithfulness as if it's a done deal. And what's that, what's that indicate for us, folks? It indicates hope. Biblical hope is a sure thing that you just haven't received yet. And David here knows when he cries out to God, God is his hope. God will take care of him. God will fulfill all his promises to David. So David has hope to survive this situation because it fits God's promises to him. Now again, the Selah here causes you to stop and reflect. Like David, we want to make God our shield. We want to hide behind him. We want to rest in him, trust in him, not in worldly protection, not in earthly confidences. God is our glory. We have nothing good in us that's not given to us from God. We can't brag or boast about our goodness in any way. We also need to see like David, God is the lifter of our head. Are you discouraged or frightened right now? Are you despairing? Don't turn to the world's solutions for encouragement. They might make you feel better for a second, but they're not going to last. They'll not be the lifter of your head. Only the true Lord who made you can be the lifter of your head. Only God can be the source of your joy. So seek him and find him to be the lifter of your head. And trust that God is able to help you completely. And David spoke in past tense. When you cry out to God, know that your prayer will not go unanswered. God will answer you. Be confident in God that you can speak of the prayer as a done deal. Now, I'm not saying that that means that every prayer you pray is always going to be answered in the way you want. But if you make your prayer about the glory of God, as we saw earlier, 
you can be sure that God will answer your prayer. Your life might stay hard. It might even go through darker valleys. But you can be assured God will always sustain you through your struggle. And God will always accomplish his will. And God will always bring glory to his name. God will do what he is doing in your life according to his will, to the praise of his glory. And you can be absolutely rock solid sure of that. Even so much you could talk about it in the past tense. It is a done deal, even if you haven't finished walking through it yet. Then, next thing, find courage and rest in the Lord's sovereignty. Look at five and six. David says, I laid down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who've set themselves against me all around. I laid down and slept, he says, and woke again. How weird does that sound? I mean, David, this is a guy who is running away from his son who wants to kill him. And David says, by the way, I got a really good night's sleep. When we're stressed out, sleeping can be really hard. And if you're afraid for your safety, it would be even harder. But David has confidence in God. David is able to lay down and to sleep. And God keeps David safe while he sleeps. And David wakes up because God sustained him. Then verse 6 says, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who set themselves against me all around So what's the result of God being faithful to David? David has a new confidence in God because God was confident, God was was faithful to David last night. David is confident in God today. God's gonna keep him. David has a new feeling of assurance in God and that's why he can say, I don't fear thousands who surround me. There's no Selah here, but the tone's gonna change between this and the next verse. So we'll pause and reflect one more time. If you're a Christian, God is your sustainer is your sustainer too. If you sleep and wake up again, it's only because God gives you that sleep and God gives you life the next day. Again, think about that. If you wake up tomorrow morning, it's only because God gave you breath. God has you in his hands. So when you're distressed, when you're worried, Sometimes the best solution is going to be to prayerfully put your problem in the hands of God and then lay down and sleep. Leave your problem with the Lord in trust for the evening. Trust that he'll work out the solution in his time and in his way. And when God is faithful to you, when he gives you rest, when he takes care of a need, let it give you confidence to keep going in the Lord. David was ready to take on thousands of enemies because God had sustained him through one night. Let God's past faithfulness give you confidence in the presence. Look back on your life and think, where has God been faithful to me then? Know that he'll keep being faithful to you. Find courage, find rest in the sovereignty of God. Last thing, guys. Trust in God alone for salvation. Verses seven and eight. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. By the way, beautiful Hebrew parallel. Uh, again, arise and save me are parallels, O Lord, with O my God. David is calling the Lord his God, Yahweh his God. And David calls on God to help him today. 
For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. David calls on God to strike his enemies. He wants God to act. And this action is pretty strong. Uh, A commentator I, I read would say, hey, the call to break the teeth of the wicked could be a call to God to take out of the mouth of the wicked anything they would use to do David harm. You, you, you take the teeth away from an animal that can't bite you. That makes sense. David could just be saying, crush these evildoers who would try to hurt me. But this is a very strong, very forceful, powerful response David's asking for. Then David says, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. So David draws to a close and he acknowledges Every bit of salvation is the possession of God. It belongs to the Lord whether or not to deliver David. It's not David's thing. It's God's thing. And David closes with a blessing. May God's blessing be upon God's people. And the Selah says, reflect one more time. Friends, salvation belongs to God. It is God's job and God's power and God's glory to save. Nobody else can control that. God can choose to deliver us from our hard times. God might let us go through hard times. And whatever choice God makes is right and good. Whatever choice God makes is to his glory. And we dare not credit anybody other than God for any salvation we experience. We don't don't credit someone other than God for physical rescue, and we do not credit anyone other than God for our spiritual salvation if you're saved, you're saved because God, because of God and God alone. And if anyone is ever to be saved, it will be because of God and God alone. So learn to trust in God alone for your salvation. And then there's that closing blessing. That's good for us to see. Christians, it would be really good. And I remember learning this from my Old Testament professor, uh, Dr. Block, who loved to talk about this stuff. Christians need to be a people who speak blessing. David asked God, bless your people. It's good to pray and to speak the blessing of God over the people of God. All through the scripture, it's a common practice that the people of God speak, God bless you, God's peace be upon you, one to another. And we as the people of God need to keep that practice going. Let's, let's, let's do this, guys. Let's be sure that we bless each other more than we curse each other. Let's be sure that we speak the blessing of God over each other far more than we speak negative about one another. Let's learn to trust God more than ourselves. Let's learn to pray. Let's learn to trust God. Let's learn to do it all to God's glory. Guys, I think this psalm can encourage us. And I hope there's things in there that have encouraged you. Church, we want to be a people who, yeah, we're going to go through times. I don't know if this is one of them that's going to be a... We don't know what what the next days hold, and it really doesn't matter. God is still on his throne. God is still glorious. And we trust him. So let's bless. Let's pray. Let's trust. Let's find our hope in the Lord. I'm going to pray and wrap us up here, and then if... If some of you want to comment or say things, that'd be great, or you can, we can just wrap up and be done. So, Father, we thank you for your word and the confidence you give us in your word. And I pray that as we continue in this time, we will cry out to you, trust in you, 
and give you all the glory for all the good things you do. We lay our lives in your hands because we know you hold them uh, and you and you alone can bring us salvation. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.